Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's November 4th, 2018. Hello and working. welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember that good leadership, truly good leadership, is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. We had a tragedy occur since our last show in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Tree of Life Synagogue, where 11 people were massacred by a gunman. We've talked about the rhetoric on the show that needs to, uh, this rhetoric needs to be toned down. People who are crying for blood in the streets and to stand up and calling people names, threatening to kill people, needs to stop. Such persons have been known to act out on such things as they watch and recant all of their social media postings it's clear that most all of these individuals, not all, but most, have acted out on their rhetoric in social media. As you've seen, some of these people become very dangerous. And, quite frankly, many people choose not to be associated with such folk and avoid them like the plague, not knowing what might jump off at any time, as we saw in Pittsburgh. Sisters and brothers, ladies and gentlemen, please let us have a moment of silence for the 11 Jewish United States citizens that were murdered. Thank you. Many of you may or may, well, some of you may or may not know that my family settled north of Fort Pitt in 1720. Much of the north side of Pittsburgh on the northeast side is named after my family, McKnight, so this rings true and close to home to me. It is it happened, someone from the Jewish community had moved to Lansing, and we befriended each other some 25 years ago, and his family is 
struggling very, very much. And my thoughts and prayers, and those of all of us on, associated with the show, certainly go out to my friend and all of his family as well. More importantly, the nation, the nation grieves this. And we need to stop what's going on. Okay, enough said. It's just sad. Okay, our announcements. Uh, number one, we UAW members, please take note, all members are bound by the UAW Constitution to register and to vote. Please vote on Tuesday, November 6th, that's this Tuesday, 2018. Uh, Michigan voters can find where to vote on the Michigan legislative website, michigan.org, I'm sorry, michigan.gov website. That link is in many posts uh, on our uh, Working for a Living website, and it'll be on this page a little later. Uh, we posted it just at the registration time as well. So, background Okay, we have a little background noise. There. We'll bring take that out in a little bit. Um, there are two days left to get out to vote. Please help your local area do just that. Uh, you know, this is important. We get election day off in large part. Most of the members do, especially Detroit 3. And that was negotiated a long time ago because the member said, if I got paid for that day, I would go out and work to help our candidates. Well, you are getting paid now. And a lot of you have forgotten that it made that statement. Uh, and some of you don't, don't know that. You just think it's a holiday. The holiday is for a reason. You know, both General Motors, Ford and Chrysler, all three of them, and our union decided that it was a good time to support, get out to vote, make people vote, help them, assist them to vote, and to work at the polls. So get a hold of your local union leadership. I'm sure they'll direct you somewhere. And you can just give two hours. Two hours. If every one of us gave two hours, it'd be great. Typically, I'm at the polls from after I vote until 8 when they're done. So, uh, And it might not be as organized as some like, but I still do it. Uh, so... Uh, uh, working for a living, support, announcement uh, number three, continues to support Medicare for each and every person in the United States. We all ought to have health care. All of the other uh, first-tier nations, industrialized nations, have, med have some sort of health care for everybody in their country. Why can't we? We're supposed to be the best. Working for a living continues to support separation of corporations and state and overturning corporations as citizens. We don't want to, you know, demean them or diminish them, and they sure should have some sort of access, but they don't vote ever, and they shouldn't be considered as a human being. That's our position. Announcement number five. On November 3rd, UPS warned the shippers to brace for a possible freight strike. In our opinion... The public should get used to such announcements. On October 31st, General Motors offered buyouts 
to 18,000 salaried workers and said layoffs are possible. Announcement number seven, on October 30, former, on October 30th, former UAW officials cry out, don't send us to prison. I cry out, let me drive the bus, because there's going to be a lot of you. October 30th, Dennis Williams Cottage was made public, that it was being built on Black Lake. Uh, we at the convention knew that he was proved to have a, uh, access to a cottage. It appeared to everybody at the convention that as there are, I believe, four or five executive cottages to the northwest of the main compound, we expected that he'd be accessing one of those already in existence. And then they made a motion that he'd be all of his food and, and expenses regarding his stay there be covered. And it appears now that this isn't just access to a cottage, that it's a brand new cottage at a cost of some $200,000. And uh, there's a boat and speedboat and a pontoon boat called Party Boat, uh, and, uh are going to be there as well. Not sure if we're paying for those boats, but certainly the cottage. Uh, the cottage was $1.3 million, and that will be in our next announcement. On November 1st, Williams Cottage was being built with, it was announced that Williams Cottage was being built with non-union labor. Guy makes his living his entire life at some of the highest wages you can possibly imagine, and the union is paying for this. And the both union bids, I understand there was two, at least as I read it, as it reported by some other entity, uh, they uh, said it was a million three to build it with union labor, they said it was too much, and now it's being built for some two, a little over 200000 So they didn't negotiate for a better deal, they just went somewhere else and built it non, non-union, not even uh, prevailing wage, as it appears. So, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure that, that, that there's a, a million one in labor in that either. I think they just intended to use, you know, uh, better quality of everything uh, as union workers do. We make good things out of better materials, not junk. Okay? This is unacceptable that our union is building a building with non-union labor. I can understand. I mean, if if there were no union um, Bids, and the you know the unions didn't want that small work. Some of the unions don't. I remember when we remodeled our union hall in Lansing in '93 that we had a tough time getting union people to bid on it. But we finally convinced a union company to bid on it, union labor company to bid on it because they didn't want to do the small jobs, quite frankly. But we got one to bid on it, and we built it union, or remodeled it union. 
burden on our small union, our small local union. And here the international UAW has gone out and built something non-union. And the the little uh, non-profit that did held the bids out, I believe it was a had a net worth of some 117 or thereabouts million dollars. They couldn't afford one, you know, one tenth or one 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 hundredth of their their value. And oh, by the way, why do we have in the UAW a nonprofit construction company? Especially one that does the non-union business. Well, those are all questions that are going to have to be answered. They say, well, that's an asset. It's not an asset at all if it wasn't built union labor. Not at all. No wonder there is a private, hidden room behind a bookcase door in the bedroom of this home, the master suite. No wonder. I guess that's where you hide when they come to remind you you built this non-union. Despicable, every last one of you. And I want to drive the bus. Okay, announcement number 10. A team working for a living, uh, again, extends a warm welcome to all of our new listeners. Thank you for choosing us, and we hope that you indeed find value in our format and content. Uh, yeah, thank you. And if you find value in what we present here, please tell one more person. I know you're doing it because I, I get messages from a lot of folk that say, hey, my friend told me about you and your organization So, uh, and this, this radio show. So uh, thanks uh, for all of uh, that. Uh, oh, we had another... Uh, uh, announcement about Ford. Almost forgot. Uh, Ford has uh, announced that it is bracing with after a billion-dollar loss due to Trump tariffs that they're bracing for layoffs. Okay. Now pay attention. Due to Trump tariffs. Okay. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, all right. Thank you. Uh, that's the end of our announcements right now. Uh, messages and email. Uh, thank you for your show, for all the work that you do as a team and an effort. Appreciate Jeff Brown and you, Leroy McKnight. I came in from a number of places. We appreciate that. Uh, thank you for everything. Uh, again, thank you, uh, uh, especially, I guess I probably was a little remiss, I want to thank each and every one of you who've gone out and worked hard in these elections, local, state, and federal. You know, this isn't happening because somebody just woke up and said, oh, all of this is going to go on. You know, you the members and you the listeners that have gone out and worked hard. I want to thank you. Yeah, it's nice for us to get thanks. But you you deserve a lot more of it than we do. It is, in the end, about you. All we're doing is trying to give you a little direction. 
we know there's some Republicans there. And like I said last week after I covered my part, uh, when you listen to the public policy that's gone on with the Trump NLRB overturning most everything we've taken decades to get, or not everything, but several things that we've taken decades to get, if you're still Republican, then you stay there. Okay, if you think that's good, you stay there. But if 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 not, and you think that's bad, and you went out and worked, thank you for all that hard work you've done. People like Barbara and Sharon and Julie, gone out there, just to name a few, been out there hard, working really hard, to, I mean, almost daily, for weeks, one of them, I can think of months, to try and get this, you know, get a handle on it, get it turned around. You know, so thank you to you. In the most important election in our country's history, thank you for sticking up and standing up. We'll have more after the election, I'm sure, but... You know, there's, it's not over yet, but thanks for everything you've done so far and what you're about to do in the next two days. We much appreciate it. you got 49 hours, just a little under 49 hours, okay, till the polls close in, in the East Coast. Okay, uh, so let's go on to our uh, thanks. Again, thanks to all the email writers there that uh, sent in some, you know, just some kudos here. Um uh, we, there is. We, I got a comment that I really want to take a look at. If you don't mind, I'm going to take a second and look it up. You know, we're not perfect here. And I got a comment, and uh, this was on the Ford uh, post uh, about them losing a billion dollars during the Trump tr- tariffs, and somebody was talking about when this all started, and and I said, you know, the real. Uh, I said uh, the real date that just started as an organized effort against us, and I posted the link to it, and that's the Powell Memorandum, and that was August 23rd, uh, 1971, when that was published, and it's been a concerted effort, little at a time, taking bite here and a bite there, and that's kind of got us where we are. We're going to change that. One of my good friends, I won't say his name, because uh, I said this is where the the plan was uh, made to destroy unions. And my friend replied, uh, and this is a message, not an email, you know, only issue with the trade, oh, I'm sorry, that that's a different one. I'll get it, I'll get it right here. He didn't take it down, did he? I wanted to see that. Basically, he said that, oh, here it is, I got it. Yeah, I opened a reply. Now, at least at Leroy, the only people that can destroy the union and this is profound, ladies and gentlemen. I can't say his name because if you're on my page, you can see it because it's public. But he said, Leroy, the only people that can destroy the union is the union itself. Just like our nation, it can best be destroyed from within. Okay. And in this time, in this time in our union, in our country, I found that to be one of the most profound posts or responses in this case that I read in a long while. 
In other words, he's saying, not just to me, each and every one of you, each and every one of you, only you can destroy our union and only you can destroy our, our nation. And that's done by electing bad people. And you think about that on Green now on Tuesday. Or if you've already voted, I hope you thought about it already. So this is he he hit a nail right on the head. And it just came in a couple hours ago. But I wanted to say that. That's why we were a little a little uh, slow on the uptake with that because it did, just did come in. Uh, so, thank you for that message. And we, you know, we report messages and, and emails here. There's more, but we meld them down to what's really good for you know public dissemination. Sometimes nothing bad, but you know, it's just good. Um, this week's definition. We're going to recover. You know, recap one from last time we had a show. Uh, the definition of public policy, one, there's two, two that, that uh, seem to stand out. There's a number of them. but uh, The principles often written on which social laws are based. And if you think that social laws don't exist, i got news for you. You know, social laws, you know, how many people can go to home plate to bat it a single time. That's a social law. <laughs> okay? So, <laughs> it has nothing to do with socialism or anything else. It has to do with proprietary and respect. And there's some, some people actually put these down in writing, and some entities like government will say, these are the things you got to abide by. 45 miles an hour, that's a social law. Okay? But some of these are unwritten, it said. Principles often unwritten on which social laws are based. That's public policy. Many times it's written, though, like I just said. The second one, legal definition, is the principle that injury to the public good is a basis for denying the legality of a contract or other transaction. Okay. It's the basis for denying the legality of a contract or other transaction. So if something's bad for the public good, like cutting pensions in half, that's kind of bad for the public good. That's the basis to deny the legality of such contract or other transaction. Hmm. Well, now, I think we had a thought starter there, didn't we? All right. So uh, we're going to get into the show here in a minute. I've got one. I've got two quotes this week, and both of these should probably uh, I think they have pertinence to what's going on in our country right now. And the first one, I always wondered why somebody doesn't do something about that. Then I realized I was somebody. <laughs> okay? And that's in quotes. In quote, in open quote, I always wondered why somebody doesn't do something about that. Then I realized I was somebody. End quote. That's by Lily Tomlin. She's been around a long time. I don't think she's live anymore, but she I might be wrong, but uh she pro profound even in her own time. Yeah, it came to us from one of our, our team members. Thank you for that. Uh here's here's another one. This came from the press this past week. And this is a quote. This is I think the uh 
the news covered this. I, I'm not sure. News of the Free Press one. We'll give them their proper, proper props here. Uh, quote, and, and in the years ahead, this union must remain true to its commitment to the welfare and the well-being of our rank and file. End quote. Walter Ruther at the UAW convention April 1970, just before he passed away. That was a part of a report on his on Dennis Williams' cottage. And I can't think of anything more apropos than that. Uh, I was asked about that. Uh, given time here, we'll go ahead and, and uh, maybe read my response. Somebody on high asked me from another entity, not from our union. Okay, so, hey, uh, I think Jeff Brown's out there. Uh, had a little background noise a while ago, so let's see if we can bring old Jeff back on here and see if I hit the right button. We got a lot of people in the switchboard. Hi, Jeff, you there? Yeah, Leroy, I'm here. Yeah, thank. I'm by the way, thanks to all the people in the switchboard. Um, for, you know, we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, it's uh, not quite full, but you know, we don't advertise our our phone number. So it's uh, it's fine uh, that uh, it's only you know the, there's about 50 allowed in this I think uh, so it gets it gets close to full but uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll just keep with what we're doing because we don't want to be over full and have some people not be able to get in when they need to get in because we sometimes have special guests that come in late uh, and that may be the case yet tonight we don't know. We've been working with uh, some people that have been on the on the show other times, and uh, we got tentatives, but we're not sure if they're going to be able uh, uh, or when. Uh, we might have to set up a special show uh, going into the election. So just know that uh, we're, we're in discussions and have been for some time. And people, as you know, folks, uh, this time uh, of the year, two days before a general election like this one, uh, people's schedules have tightened right up. And, of course, we like to have people on before that. Uh, you know, we've had our friend Jeff Hank on the show, and he's uh, said that, indicated that he is booked, so he can't get on. But he is the author of uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight, Jeff, uh, one of the proposals, so and he's been on the show talking about that before. So uh, just know that he sends his uh, regrets to all the listeners, but he's with us in spirit and will be there on election day as well. So, uh, Jeff, how, how did your week go this week? Did anything go on with you down there in Detroit? How's the weather today? And anything special going on with you? No, just got a lot of rest. We were laid off last week. We go back tomorrow. Um, boring around here until Thursday. You know, I went. Oh, what happened on Thursday? I met you there. <laughs> oh, I think uh, a very a VIP showed up in Lansing. Uh, former Vice President Joe Biden was in Lansing, and we got the 
privilege of going in and listening to him talk. He did a very good speech. So, but uh, that was about the only thing that's happened to me in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. So like I said, we do go back to work tomorrow. We go back to work tomorrow? Yeah, back for Okay. Yep. Uh, the background noise was my pizza that came in that I ordered. <laughs> I was trying to be real quiet. I know you were. I heard it. I just we this okay. <laughs> yeah, so, pizza showed up for dinner here. All right. See, yeah, we're, we're pretty yeah. laid back so, on this show. You know, we just have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So I have to eat. You know. There you go. So. Ordered a pizza, came in. Oh. So, so what's been happening with you, Leroy? Well, as you know, I uh, 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 set that up so that we we had quite a crew go with us. Uh, some weren't actually in our group standing there, uh, but at the Joe Biden rally, uh, uh, Senator Stabenow spoke. Uh, some of you may know that I asked Senator Stabenow to run for office when she first ran for uh, U.S. House of Representatives, and I asked her in August of '95, uh, and she had the election and won it in '96. Uh, then Alyssa Slotkin was there, the Eighth District candidate for endorsed. Both of these people are endorsed by the um, UAW, Alyssa Slotkin. Again, this is a candidate for the 8th District in Michigan for the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, uh, I was chair of the Democratic Party and cap coordinator for Region 1C when I asked Debbie to run for that August office back in 95. Uh, She served two terms with distinction and supported labor and has supported labor as a senator uh, from from Michigan ever since in 2000 when she ran for that job. Uh, We haven't had a Democratic congressperson in the 8th District of Michigan since I was chair in 98. We got uh, Debbie elected in 98, and then uh, she finished that term in 2000, and they ran somebody else after I had left. We haven't had a Democratic candidate or elected official. We had a lot of candidates uh, since since that time. So it's been uh, 18 years since we've had one. I had a lot to do with getting rid of Mike Rogers uh, when he left suddenly, and him and his buddy uh, Dave Camp, the uh, chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, and Mike Rogers resigned one day apart, one business day apart, uh, they announced their intention to retire after my discussions the previous few days prior to their announcement. So I take a little pride and credit for having done that. Uh, This is uh, something that I've been working on since uh, Mr. Rogers didn't like me thinking about running against him in 2002 and took great measures to try and stop that. So we took a while, but we corrected that. He's gone. Unfortunately, we weren't successful 
win the open seat, we had a pretty good candidate there that's, you know, brings some conservative aspects to her. This Alyssa Sklodkin is, is a pretty good candidate uh, for this particular seat, the way it's gerry- been gerrymandered over the years. Uh, she's a former CIA agent for 14 years. She was in there. That's a pretty conservative organization. Worked with both uh, Bush, uh, Presidents Bush and Presidents Obama uh, in a very high-level capacity and served, I think, two, three, I'm sorry, three or four terms in Afghanistan, in the Middle East. So this is somebody with some serious uh, experience. Um, You don't know what these people did while they were CIA agents, uh, but they do some uh, uh, good things for our country, but also may have had some things done to them during their their service to the country. You know, there's, I forget how many, I think the last count was 66 that have died, CIA agents, in protecting our country since 9-11. And so these people are at high risk and have had just about anything happen to them. You just don't know. And these, these CIA agents just have a little star in the CIA building. You don't even know who they are because it's that covert. Of course, she had to announce that when she ran for you know public office because you can't have a 14-year hole in your resume if you're running for public office. But uh, I've had the opportunity to be close to her, listen to her a number of times, I'm real comfortable with her myself. In my opinion, she's a great leader. She brings a lot to the party. Uh, as Jeff knows, I uh, I had some other friends at that rally on Thursday night, some of whom were Republicans, and I invited them for the opportunity they could come in and listen to her. And over the, the ensuing days since Thursday night, I've had the opportunity to have dinner with those people together, and collectively, they've said, I was impressed on Thursday night. I, these are highly educated people, by the way. I was impressed. I'm, uh, I've changed my mind about that. And they uh, are going to be voting for Alyssa Slotkin just based on what they heard there Thursday night. So we changed some votes. Uh, These are real conservative people. But the issues that are brought up that she raised, they also have affinity for. Okay? What's to do what's right for working men and women, and that's what she was talking about, is something that's very powerful, even with those people who are conservative. So uh, there's room for a conservative vote for this woman. Uh, You know, and I'm happy that... She has some conservative in her as a candidate uh, and uh, appeals to that aspect of the electorate during this election. So I wish her well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, Gretchen Whitman was there, and the mayor, uh, Andy Shore of Lansing, was there. Lieutenant Governor uh, Gilchrist was there, Um, so a candidate for 
the lieutenant governor. So we'll see uh, how all these people fare on Tuesday. But it was nice to see them. I got a chance to see a lot of other people and introduce Jeff and the rest that were with us to, you know, people like the treasurer of the county, and he's a past chair and another past chair. Actually, uh, her thoughts go out to Sandy because she uh, fell out uh, because standing so long in the uh, crowd, there were three people, and she was one of them that fell fell out. I, I hope she's doing okay. I had a chance to talk to her. Uh, but uh, just know uh, that uh, that's that's going on. And, of course, uh, my own house rep that's running, uh, Julie Brixey, was there. Uh, she's being touted to be the next Speaker of the House. We'll see. There's only three terms that they can serve now, and those that distinguish themselves early often take a good have a good chance at getting uh, a speaker than minority leader or the uh, uh, um, actually speaker of the house or the the leader of the Senate or the minority leader of the Senate. I've been involved with uh, Mark Schauer campaigns uh, early on. He, we, I believe, he was speaker of the house and minority Senate leader. I've been involved with. That's kind of nice. I uh, was involved with um, Mark Meadows. Speaker of the House or Minority Leader, Mark or Sam Singh, Minority Leader. Uh, my county, uh, uh, I wasn't involved directly in the campaigns because I was actually promoting somebody else. But I was happy to have Gretchen Whitmer in her first campaign. We had another strong Democrat that was running, wife of a, a elected official, and I was kind of supporting that person when she first got there, but then I supported Gretchen ever since for her offices, uh, and that was only in the primary. Of course, I, I, I worked to get her elected. She's from our county, uh, and, and Sam Singh was a, uh, a minority leader of the House. I worked him, on, him and Mark Meadows came in in 93 as East Lansing City Council people, and I was able to help them get elected and worked with them on their campaigns over the years, and they both uh, wound up being in the leadership position in the House, Michigan House of Representatives. And now it appears that uh, Miss Julie Brixey may, or Mrs. Julie Brixey, I don't want to get that wrong. <laughs> A lot of times I call them Ms. just to be gentle, you know, whatever, make everybody happy, but she's a Mrs. Uh, Randy's a nice guy. I know Randy really well. He's a good, good husband. Uh, and uh, really, he's a professor at MSU, so he's a nice man. And uh, we worked together on the campaigns the last few years. Uh, and this one's been special because she has distinguished herself as somebody that's going to be a leader of Michigan House of Representatives. And probably she'll be the fifth person that I've had a handle in getting to the leadership of the legislature in the state of Michigan. And I. I, you know, I don't know how much pride you take in these jobs, but it's nice to look back and say, I just, somebody asked me, how many of these people have you been, over the weekend, uh, have you been uh, uh, instrumental in helping? And I can point to five. Uh, so there's been a couple in between there, and there's going to be one this time. Elder is going to be uh, the, the Speaker of the House, it looks like, if we take the House in Michigan. He'd be the minority leader. If not, he's from Bay City. So, and I didn't have any part in him, his ascension. 
But it's kind of nice to have done all that work. People say, well, you've never done nothing, Leroy. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, geez. But Jeff, did you get the sense that we, we uh, had a lot of people there uh, that, that sort of knew our team? Not just me, our team. I mean, they knew you too, didn't they? Yeah, there was quite a few people there. Yes, there yeah. was. So. I mean, full the, the new, um, yeah, it was full house, yeah. But, I mean, they knew you as well. Yeah. Yeah. One one guy was there. Yeah. Tell, tell him about the guy we was talking to in the in the hallway, and he he used to be a Republican. Tell us what he said about not being Republican anymore. Oh, tell them yeah. how how disappointed he is with the way things currently are. Yeah. Didn't he say well, that the uh, party left him? He was a Republican until the, the party left yeah. him. Yeah. He was there well, as a Democrat. That seems to be uh, a lot of people's feelings that the yeah. party left them. Uh, yeah, yeah he, he, we educated him on a couple other things too concerning yeah. the unions. Um, he was a nice old man. Um, his family, World there. War II veteran. Everybody, he his daughter, his, there, his daughter, his wife. Yeah, yeah. that was nice. It was a nice event. So that's one of the things we did this past week, uh, and uh, it was just—it it was nice. It was nice to see a lot of people because it was full. They, I mean, they turned away some pretty uh, uh, the heavy hitters that came in late were turned away. I mean, I'm talking elected officials with some real, real uh, moxie came in, and they—they they had a limit. The fire marshal said, "This is it." And nobody else, and if and the only way they could get in is if they gave somebody gave up their sticker, and they could, you know, get that sticker, and they uh, go ahead and uh, um, put the sticker on the new person that's trying to get in. I know uh, there was a husband in and a lady that was out, and uh, she came over to us and uh, she said, "My husband's in there, and I'm I'm out here, and I can't be here." I gave her my sticker. I said, "Ma'am, you need to be with your your husband." and and I told Jeff and the lady that was administering everything, she came back over and after the next available sticker came, she gave me mine back because we wanted to go back in. But Jeff and I sat outside so we, we could uh, really take a little load off our feet a little while. And we could listen to everything, but there was a standing room only, and we let other people take our seats So uh, in there. So we took a seat out in the back aisle and, uh, so that lady was really, really appreciative, and so was the staff person. And I told her, I says, listen, nobody here needs to leave with a sour taste in their mouth. If a man and wife, a husband and wife, are separated and they can't stand next to each other as this is going on, that's wrong. And that's why I gave up my, my own sticker that, to get an entrance sticker so that she could go in there. So this isn't about me or Jeff or anybody else. It's about the people and about you, the members, and you, the people. If you had been that person, you would have been benefited to be able to be in there with your husband or wife or your, your friend. Uh, so uh, that's who and what we are here. We don't necessarily make this about us. Isn't that right, Jeff? Isn't that how that went down? That's how it went down, right? Yeah. We try to, you know, good leadership's about the people. And it got rewarded back. We had a number of people come and thank us. So, yeah. 
Um, so that was that was my week too, kind of. You know, it's a little bit of a report on that too. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad you had a good time, Jeff. And there were a lot of people there. Uh, we had some really, really good speakers. Former Vice President Joe Biden wrapped up and did a nice job. He had laryngitis or lost his voice for speaking so much. So he was. they had to turn the microphone off when he came to speak. Uh, and uh, he, he looked good. He spoke well. Um, one of the things he said was, uh, you know, I've been out uh, and met over the years most every foreign leader, whether they were ascending or actually there, and they've maybe ascended now. It was his comment. So he, he said a couple of weeks ago that he had gone overseas to visit a country, and, of course, he's a vice, former vice president, so he gets, you know, uh, proper consideration by foreign dignitaries. And he didn't say where he went, because I don't think he wanted to tip the boat over, but he was asked by the foreign dignitary, the leader of this country, he says, uh, we don't know where we stand. What's going on over in your country? We don't even know if we have a relationship with you anymore. And he assured them that, yes, we have a relationship and that there's, you know, things going on, politics being what they are, we may or may not have a lot of control over some things that are going on. But we're going to try and rectify that on November 6th, he told them. And then he relayed that to everybody in the audience, and I think it's important enough to relay it here on this show. By the way, this was by invitation only to get to this. And the reason that Jeff and I got uh, invited, well, I I should say that uh, I'm past chair of the county party and uh, had done a lot of work. And I got uh, allocation, I believe, 10. And I got uh, one of the other labor leaders gave me his allocation. Uh, and then... Uh, that labor leader needed two more back because his granddaughter and grandson needed to go. So uh, that was it was nice that we had that many people there uh, and we were able to get that many there shoehorned in. But this was by invitation only. You had to have donated, been a strong volunteer, past leadership in the party. And then you can invite your friends in addition to that. So I thank everybody for coming and and listening, and we turn some votes there, and we hope that this adds some insight to some of the things that were said there. So, having said that, um, my gosh, we're at 45 minutes now. Uh, Jeff, I know you want to talk about your uh, issue that you had tonight, but we why don't why don't you start with uh, one of the proposals? or just maybe cover the proposals, why don't you, three of them, and break them down. From, this, is, this is specific to Michigan, but it's, some of these are a problem uh, nationwide. At least one of them is. Well, two of them, I think, are. And the other one is just a social issue that they've reduced to writing. Our friend Jeff Hank is working, has been working on that and wrote the, the uh, ballot proposal itself. So, Jeff, you want to take that, run with it, and I'll fill in the blanks. Uh-huh. I remember the first two. I'm having a hard time with the second one, but 
the first one, the first proposal on the ballot is to legalize marijuana in the state of Michigan. Uh, they got enough signatures last year to get it on the ballot. So for those who uh, need, need it for medical purposes or whatever, uh, you can vote. Um, legalized marijuana in the state of Michigan on Tuesday. The uh, second um, proposal, I believe this is gerrymandering the voting districts to run and stop that, make it uh, where politicians can't be playing games with voting districts. Again, the third one, I can't remember what it is, right? Um, well, yeah, the third, I do. Uh, uh, it's uh, uh, about making uh, voter access easier. And oh, in yeah, some that's cases, right. In some cases, automatic. And if you had a, uh, an ID, uh, a picture ID with the state of Michigan, I believe they're going to try and make that automatic. Uh, so that, you know, if you have a, a state ID, you don't drive and you just, have one and you're over 18, uh, then you would be automatically uh, registered to vote. I think that's how that is. And there's going to be some other easy access, too, for those that are, uh, you know, uh, indigent, or not, I'm sorry, uh, the uh, First Nation people. Uh, Those of you in Canada understand that probably better than most of us here. But those are the, we have, here in Michigan, there are a lot of, uh, indigenous people, they're Indians before we got here, and they still have a number of tribes, and we want to make sure that they get full access to voting because they were here before most of our families came. So uh, that's being uh, done up in uh, was it Montana, I think it was, they're having trouble with that. Which state was that, Jeff? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I think it, Montana or North Carolina. They're having a real yeah. yeah, they've banned they've banned the uh essentially banned the indigenous people from voting. And that got upheld by a judge. And of course the thing I think down yeah. in Georgia it what got overturned, so it's gonna be they can't try and suppress the vote down there. And these this is horrible, this voter suppression stuff. So at least we have something on the ballot here in Michigan that'll try and straighten that out. Um Yeah. I think that was that standing block when the pipeline went through. Yeah, yeah, um, up there by Stan. That's North Dakota, Texas, I think. Yeah. yeah, North Dakota, yeah. It is Standing Rock. That that tribe was one of the one of the guys, one of the members of the tribe, a fella, was uh, talking about that. He had gotten his straightened mm-hmm. out, but it's not necessarily all that easy for everybody else, who are, may not be as computer savvy as he was. So it shouldn't be that hard yeah. to vote. Uh, so but I, it's just, I noticed on the news today. That um, one of the Native Americans was in full headdress, wanting to enter the Supreme Court, and they would not let him in the building. Um, I think it had you know, it had to do with the election, but they were talking about they stopped him at the door. They asked him to take off his headdress. He refused, and they wouldn't let him in. So that was. It's a funny. They should have let them in. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's 
they let just about everybody else wear and have almost anything they want to. And if that's his formal yeah. dress or her formal dress, yeah. that's formal for them. That's as formal as yeah. it gets. Why, why would they turn them away? They don't like it because it's yeah. not our formal? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, it, now we, yeah. we have uh, abused those, those people so badly. We have broken every treaty we ever made with the Native Americans, and just just makes me mad. You know, they get standing rocks. A good example. You know, that's their sacred ground. They put that pipeline through. Um, I just can't understand our government. They just greedy. They want everything. Leave the Indians alone. You know, they're not so. We'll find yeah. out more tomorrow. Well, Tuesday, yeah. Right? Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. The, uh, that's, it's just sad that all that stuff is going on. I just, you know, if you're in a democracy, you'd like to think that you go vote reasonably. Mm-hmm. Easy. But to kind of recap, the, the positions is medical, or not medical marijuana. This is everyday marijuana for anybody that wants to. And there's some restrictions, and, and uh, you know, they've they got to be careful where they use it. You know, and there's uh, most of the municipalities have noxious odors uh, uh, ordinances, so you can't be, you know, partying up and bothering your neighbors. You have to do it in a way that you know doesn't have a lot of odor to it for your neighbors uh, uh, and uh, that kind of thing. But this is going to generate a lot of revenue and a lot of jobs for the states that make this legal. And of course, this is on a ballot on Tuesday. And you know, I, I for one, I don't I don't use it, uh, but I and you know, I uh, just don't. Never did. Uh, so, but I, for one, support this. I think uh, it's already being used. I mean, I had to go in and get a little cyst removed off my thumb, and my uh, doctor uh, asked me about the proposals. I said, you know, everybody's doing it anyhow if they want to, you know, and just will legalize it so nobody's going to jail anymore over it, at least at the state level. Because it's still an issue, I told them, at the federal level, and that's got to be dealt with. Maybe we can get, you know, a person that's friendly to this and get this issue behind us at some point, make it uh, or take it off the uh, the class one uh, um, banned medicine, banned whatever, banned material, uh, banned substance. Uh, So the... uh, uh, the medical or the marijuana, uh, you know, obviously brings brings in some uh, some revenue and some jobs, and it's going on anyway. Why not just do it? You know, I don't know where the UAW is officially on this one, but you know, I don't see a real big issue with it. Again, it's already being done. As long as they keep it, you know, where it's not bothering your neighbors, I think we're okay. And the state benefits by a lot of money. Uh, proposal 2 uh, deals with gerrymandering, and much like the Board of Canvassers, it's a 
uh, nonpartisan group, actually, in the Board of Canvassers in the state of Michigan at the, the county level and then again at the state level, we have Board of Canvassers that um, approve ballot proposals, uh, approve elections themselves. Uh, the gerrymand, the, uh, this is going to be the districting, this is to be the congressional districts and the, and the state districts for elected officials would be done by an independent body. And it may be, you know, people on both sides of the spectrum. I didn't uh, see exactly how, but it's going to be done by an independent body, as I understand it. And that's going to stop a lot of this gerrymandering. Uh, so that people know what a gerrymandering, what it means, it, it tweaks certain party. If you're in, in leadership, you can tweak the congressional districts in particular to be favor your party. I'll use my own. Okay, the 8th District of Michigan has been gerrymandered so that it benefits the Republican Party. And why that? And it's for mostly, in this case, for the, the um, Electoral College delegates. So there's about 425,000 people in a district, roughly, and in this case, there's, it's light. It's it's down around a 390 or so. So that makes each person's electoral college vote have a little more weight to it. And that's why in 2000 and in 2016, the popular vote and the electoral college vote were diff had different outcomes. Because if it was just straight popular vote, that would, both of those elections would have been different. But because of gerrymandering, in the case of the 8th District, the Republicans' vote counted more in Electoral College. Okay, so you had a smaller number of people with more electoral authority. And therefore, that when you take that across the nation, and this is being done in areas where they have control of the state legislatures, that's pretty much how this are handled in most states, then you can affect that in a, a, a way that benefits you who are in charge. Okay, this is, this too, Proposal 2, is taking that away from the, the, elect, the uh, political people and putting it in a nonpartisan hands or bipartisan. I'm just not sure, again, how that's going to be done. Uh, I probably, people that uh, are more involved in that will uh, determine how that, but it's going to be neutral is the point. And Proposal 3 uh, is going to make it easier for people to vote, be registered and go vote. Um, and it's going to be tied uh, to your other uh, identification authority. And it already is here. You have to actually get present voter ID or picture ID uh, your, your Michigan picture ID in order to vote. So you can't go vote two, three times. So you can do, you know, it has to be with your, your Michigan ID, whether it's your license or your state ID if you don't drive for whatever reason. So those are the things that are going to be happening. There's some good and bad on, on all of them. We're not going to get into that. 
but uh, you know they don't seem bad, at least from our perspective. Uh, Jeff, do you have any any comments of whether they're good or bad? No, I vote for all of them. Pretty good. There. Okay. Yeah, it seems so. They can use, we can use an extra tax uh, money, <laughs> you know, sales tax from the marijuana. Uh-huh. That would help help the state pretty good. Yep. yep. Um, I'll, uh, so that you know, that's kind of the wrap up on on those. Uh, Jeff covered them, and then I've kind of filled in the blanks a little bit, and maybe a little more uh, detail. But uh, that's. Uh, that's kind of how that goes. Jeff's on top of this stuff, so we really, really rely on him. As long as we're talking about people that we rely on on the show, without even their names, uh, our uh, uh, well wishes and thanks go out to all of the uh, associate uh, uh, writers and associate. Uh, investigators out there in the field that are uh, officially part of uh, our .com and the Michigan Association of Broadcasters on the, you know and this show, uh, so that they operate under that authority. And we want to thank them all uh, for doing that. Uh, it, it's uh, sometimes uh, not so gratifying work, but it's uh, it's tough. Uh, and they get moved around quite a bit, so we want to want to have a shout out to them and for all the good work they do all around the nation. Uh, and those people, and you know that they come in contact with. Thank you for uh, your courtesy and respect for these reporters uh, that we have, our associate reporters that then bring the information back here and then tell us uh, about such things. Sometimes we use it on the air and sometimes we don't. We keep it just for our, uh, the, the benefit of uh, knowing it. Uh, we, uh, you know, some things are pretty sensitive so we don't publish everything. Uh, but uh, that's, that's uh, uh, just the way it is, I guess. We try to be open about everything, but there are certain things that are just pretty sensitive uh, there's some ongoing talks with some folk uh, that are very sensitive right now, and, and hopefully we can get some correction to our failed leadership problem we have in the in the UAW. So, uh, Jeff, I know you want to talk about that uh, NLRB public policy. Um, we're right at an hour. Kind of waiting to see if uh, one of the tentative guests can come in uh, late in the show. I know they were busy in another part of Michigan uh, between 5 and 7, but they had a wrap-up they had to do, my understanding, and uh, we might go a little long on purpose. We could wrap it up here, but uh, and we're right at an hour and three minutes, but let's go a little bit long, just on the off chance that we might get a special visitor in here. And everybody, let's place you on notice. Uh, we don't know, but if we don't get them in tonight and their schedule permits, we'll try and have them on the show sometime tomorrow, and we'll publish that out uh, and post it out accordingly. 
uh, and we won't get much lead time on that, so just know that. Uh, so keep your eyes open on Facebook and see uh, if you get notice on this. We just don't know. Uh, the schedule might be that they can't get in, uh, but we'll, we'll, we're trying and, and they're trying, so um, for sure. Somebody just pinged me real quick. Uh, might be something regarding that. Um, oh, well, yeah, somebody sends. In a world where everyone constantly, this is messages came in, in a world where everyone concentrates on the business and the money, I commend you on your focus to the work. You are a true you are a true hero, hero to the working class. God bless you. It's not me. You know, I think it's not just you are. I think uh, you, you plural, I think, is the, the way that, because you is both singular and plural if you're an English scholar. Uh, so uh, that thank you for that. We really appreciate that um, very, very much as uh, something to... Maybe I, you know, you obviously writing that before I made this comment, but uh, um, about trying to stretch it out a little bit. Uh, um, Jeff, if you're ready to go on that that other issue about NLRB, go ahead. I mean, I'm, I've got a couple things I'm going to cover. We'll see how long we'll we'll keep this open. We'll, we'll go another few minutes anyhow. See if they can. Okay. Because I know they have intentions to try and get on after 7 tonight, but let's just see. They're not here yet. At least I'm looking down the numbers, and I know because they're on speed dial with me, and I don't see them here just yet. So, uh, all right. Well, go ahead and cover that, Joe. All right. Last week, we uh, the new NORB rulings that has now been put in place under uh, President Trump. Um, there's five things that were changed. And we did the first two last week. And we'll try to do the second two more this week. Okay. Uh, this is the NORB decisions that are now being reworked that President Obama had put in. third one was NORB board overturned a watershed 2015 decision holding employers responsible for having bargaining with workers if they have direct control over those workers' employment or have the ability to exercise control. Um, this is basically around um, contracts grievances and who's responsible for um, bargaining with them. Uh, that was that one. The fourth one. Wait. Oh, did you want to take another one? Is there more to that? No, no. It's it's it's. Good. I just wanted to give an example on the one that you just gave. Unless you are you done with that? Huh? Yeah. Okay, uh, let me give an example, listeners, uh, sisters and brothers and ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the uh, the example would be uh, your local Uber driver or Lyft driver, okay? 
Uber has absolute control over who they pick up, who the driver picks up, where they take them, okay, because they could they could say, well, we're not going to send you, you know, from Indianapolis to Detroit on a run that might be going from Indianapolis to Detroit. We'll send you on a local run. So they have absolute control over over that. Uh, they're going to send it to the, the nearest driver, but they might say, hey, this guy's or this lady, this driver, has had a, uh, a, a lot of runs lately, and we're going to give them the one that's a half a mile rather than the one that's 200 miles or 180 miles. And they'd make a lot more money at that, uh, but we're not going to give that to this driver because they've had a lot of runs lately. So they have control over that. That's the point. Okay, they have control over how they're paid, when they're paid, uh, who can be there. They hire them, uh, and uh, again, they have control over how much they're paid. Okay, they get uh, they get seventy two cents a mile and eleven cents a minute, and that's set by Uber and Lyft. Lyft's a little different; they have a different schedule. So they they control your wages, their wages, okay? And the cost, by the way, to run a vehicle is 54.5 cents a mile, according to the federal government. That's what it costs to run an older car or a newer car, because it's going to have maintenance on an older car, new tires, brakes, et cetera. So, you know, you take a look at that and you say, all right, this is a difference of 18, 17 and a half cents a mile. And that's if they have somebody in the vehicle. And that they don't get paid for time going to the next passenger they pick up. They might have to go 10 miles to get the next passenger. And that cost them $5.40, and they might make $3 on the ride. Then they're upside down, even by their own standards, but let alone the idea that you put that much wear and tear and cost on your vehicle, let alone your own time, you see. So a lot of these people making these Uber runs are way upside down. So if they're not doing it just for the sake of getting out of the house, they're going to be upside down money-wise. And if they're trying to do it to make a living, I got to tell you, seventeen and a half cents times sixty is barely minimum wage, and that's only if you have somebody in the vehicle and doesn't cover going to the next ride. That's what your time is. About maybe, maybe I don't know, seventeen and a half cents a mile. What's that times sixty? Say twenty times sixty is twelve bucks. Around ten. Nine fifty minimum wage here in Michigan now. Nine fifty two, I think. Nine fifty here in Michigan. Just got changed. Uh so if they have that kind of control over their that worker, this new law, the new decision by the National Labor Relations Board said even though they have that kind of control, if they don't actually hire them, they 
cannot and are not obligated to negotiate or even consider these people to be certified as a union under the National Labor Relations uh, rules because they're not employees. They're subcontractors, even though they have this much authority. And this decision took all that away from them. In other words, they cannot organize as a union under this decision, as we understand it to be. So, pretty bad stuff. That's public policy. It overturned previous public policy, as reported by Jeff here a minute ago. I got asked, I'm going to cover this one last thing while we're waiting on the wrap it up. There's two more of those up by, out there, and we'll just cover those uh, next week. But you need to know that kind of dovetails with our public policy uh, uh, definition this week. Okay, the, the principles on which social laws are based and the legal definition, if it's not in the public good, it may be a basis for denying the legality of the contractor transaction. This is a transaction that you'd like to have a little leverage in getting more money because people making $10 an hour or $11 an hour while they have somebody in the car and that's only 50% of the time, so they're typically making five, six dollars an hour, unless you're on a long run, like I indicated a minute ago. But on the way back, it's empty, isn't it? No money. So you did okay one way, nothing on the way back, unless you got a little what they call surge there. So uh, these laws are getting tighter against labor again. We had something this past week since our last show. In other words, I want to talk about that just a little bit. Uh, we were taken aback a little last week. We found out, i got another one of these messages here. Somebody's popping in here and see what they got to say. We found out last week not sure where that went, came from, I'm not sure. <laughs> my my uh, colleague that's a CAP coordinator, for, previous CAP coordinator from those local unions always sending me little stuff. That's what that was. Thank you, brother. It's uh, just, you know, I uh, wanted to get a, a fundraiser for uh, the Waverly School District on I don't have all the details. We'll try and get it out there for him somewhere uh, in the posting here. Uh, but that's what that's about, trying to get something on here for a fundraiser. He, he's retired and now works for the, the Waverly School District west of Lansing. There's some sort of fundraiser, so be aware. This past, this past week, uh, it came to our attention that uh, while everyone wound up being safe except for their dog, that died, uh, the home of children of union activists, activists, where the children reside, was reportedly arsoned and burnt down with some six-month arson investigation 
subsequent to the fire that was set by an arsonist. And this is over the top. If you think it's appropriate to try and kill the children of activists, you're despicable. God help you if I find you. You know who you are. And I got a good idea who you are. I just need just a little bit more proof. 2.30 in the morning, most kids are asleep. Adult children, nonetheless. They killed their dog. So the kids didn't do it. Cross the line. You cross the line. Let me just say another thing. And there's a lot more to that story, but that's as much as we're going to say here. Just know that an activist, children, house was set on fire. We don't know the result of the arson investigation. Stood six months to our, it's been reported. And it was adult children of a, an activist. God help you. God help you if we find you. It won't go easy. We had another thing happen this past week, and I was asked on Thursday to give my written opinion. And uh, I did that Friday morning when another uh, piece of information was made public. Let me read my response. Will indulge me. I was asked, what do you think about this article? And that was the article regarding the Williams construction. And I, uh, I answered in bullet points, one, and the, again, they wanted, they, they know my, they, the, the person is a close friend, and I don't want to get into who, but on high, this is somebody from on high, and not in our union. And they know my opinion, and I know that person's opinion. But they want it in writing. Give it to them in writing. One, it's the entitlement mentality that has befallen our UAW leadership and the totalitarian mindset that, quote, we can do anything we want to anything or anyone we want with impunity. Two, while they got this passed at convention, I do not believe that anyone thought he would receive new construction, but rather afforded one of the existing executive cottages to the northwest of the main complex. By the way, the resolution included his cost to include entertainment costs. Unlimited. Three. This from a man who has received additional monies, 
approximately 32k annually from at least one one I want to re from at least one labor edu education training center LETC that I can prove see the attached this has been posted on our on our dot com the uh, 990s from the uh, region 9 LETC uh, and that's been posted, and we have that proof. Just, and let me finish now, I'll go back to this. That I can prove, see attached. By the way, not reported on the same year's LM2. Okay. Clearly, such a cottage is well within his own financial grasp. Four, and of course, there is this tiny little thing where the UAW did not use union labor, turning down two labor union bids to build it, as newly reported this morning, attached the article about non-union construction. Five, lastly, the current UAW leadership are so detached and distant from the rank and file as well as the ethos of labor that it is virtually impossible to view even one thread of unionism within them. So, brother, those are my thoughts on this de decadent travesty in solidarity, Leroy. That's my thoughts. My written thoughts to people on high that asked a person that asked. And I'm thinking others wanted to know. That's why I was asked in writing. So uh, I know uh, there are a lot of people, a lot of people mad at TUAW over this, a lot of them. And we don't support it. Had we been elected, we'd never build a cottage like this. Even if they passed it at a convention, he'd have been afforded a cottage not built one. We'd have to abide by the resolution. We wouldn't expand it to say this, though. Okay. We have to abide by what the, that is. But we'd have tried to overturn the convention if, if we took this, the podium. We'd have overturned a number of things. One, the raise. Because should I have been elected president, I don't need the raise. Don't want it. We'd overturn that, and we'd overturn this... this uh, folly that they've done here. So uh, due respect given to all previous presidents of the UAW, except those who have violated the interest of the membership. That's it. They don't, res they don't get respect if they violated you. And this is one of them. The previous two before them, same thing because they've been involved in the 2007 agreement, cut wages in half, 2011 agreement, that's, that took General Motors out of the responsibility for the pension forever, and the 15 agreement. I always thought the 7 agreement was the worst. The 15 agreement that'll allow the corporations to cut automatically 
pensions by 50% and 100% if it falls to another level. In other words, if funding falls below 80%, 50% cut. Falls below 60%, 100% cut. This to people that don't even have the ability to go out and work anymore in some cases, many cases. So that's what we think of our current leadership. They need to go. They just got elected, but they still need to go. And I think there's a whole lot of people working on getting them out of there, including me, just so everybody understands. Okay. Uh, Jeff, you got anything to add tonight? I don't see any uh, new coming no, in. Right. We'll call it good. Okay, brother. Thanks for uh, being on, on here tonight and giving us all of that. Some of the just thought starters, you know, that you bring in and uh, go ahead and give us a, a thought starter. Again, we thank all of our, our reporters around the nation that, that feed us this information. We much appreciate it. Uh, thanks to the email people and message, message people. You know, we're out here doing it every day, and we try and put this on for you once a week. But there's a lot of work that goes on behind us. And we all have personal lives as well. And uh, sometimes there's setbacks when you hear information over a year later that really, you know, kind of sets you back in your chair and you go, wow, look what just happened here. Or happened a year and a half ago, a year and four months ago. So not one to put anybody in additionally in harm's way, but God help you if we find out who burnt that fucking house down. Good night, everybody. Good night, Jeff. Good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.